the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. And welcome to Come Together San Diego, and also because this is the last Saturday of the month, welcome also to the Align with Zion Hour from San Diego and a place called Jerusalem and a lady called Anarina Chaiman. Hi, Kaz. How are you guys doing on that side, <laughs> with everything that's going on uh, in the world? <laughs> a lot. And we're entering into this time frame, another transition time from the month of Nisan, the first month in the Hebrew uh-huh. calendar, in, into the next month of, of Ayara. And this is kind of a, 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 a connector to two festivals and feast times. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to you, Anarina Chaim. <laughs> Thank you, Kev. Yes, we are in the time between Pesach and Shavuot, and as we've learned through the last year and a half, Kev, that nothing happens just because, nothing is happenstance, and God governs His world as He did in the times since He gave, um, even before He gave the Torah to the, the Jewish people, that His whole world runs basically on, on the time cycles that He has uh, placed. Uh, we know that from the creation, we know that he rested on Shabbat. So we know from the start of creation, these cycles have been in place. Then he gave it to the Torah, to the Jewish people, in that he explains to us what is actually happening and how we can plug into that. And uh, for that, that's what we need to, it's a very auspicious time. It's always an auspicious time when it comes to living according to um, the, the biblical timeline sure. and the biblical time frame. But, but when you, for us now... <laughs> mm-hmm. When you say auspicious time, this is auspicious time as in all caps, bold-faced, underline, and italics. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, with a dash of pink on it. So, <laughs> so exactly, Kaz. And why is it? Because we're literally counting. But now let's, let's try and figure out what we are counting, because you and I know, and we've discussed it before, so the listeners that, that um, have been following would also know that we are counting the Omer. But we also know that we're between the time of Pesach, the Passover in Shavuot, at the time of the giving of the Torah, and also the, the wedding date between God and his people. So, so, but these things happen on different times, but they overlap on the calendar. And this is what we need to understand. They weren't happening at the same time. First, we had the exodus out of Egypt. That exodus up to Mount Sinai, where we received the Ketubah, the Torah, the, the marriage contract between God and his people, um, there was a 49-day count that happened over there. Then, years later, um, uh, only when the temple was built, 
but we also had it during the Mishkan. People had to bring the barley um, during this time. They had to literally count the ears of bar- barley in the temple, and that was also, it, it's connected to a very spiritual, deeply spiritual um, dynamic. But as we can see, this time overlaps, and that means it's very, very important. So by counting the Omer, we are tapping into the 49 days every single year of what happened between the exodus out of Egypt into um, uh, uh, to the time that we received the... Yes. The, the, the Torah. Just, a, just a quick overview for my listening friends who may not be familiar with this. There's the, the time frame from Passover to what we would call Pentecost uh, is 50, 50 days, and uh, they were counted with a help a helper of of a sheet, different I don't know handfuls or sheaves of, mm-hmm. of, of barley, and you would count forty nine sheaves of barley lead, to help you count the days until the next feast or festival. And correct, but and, and so here we are in the midst of that counting. And I, I wanted to use that to set the stage for you on what uh, all this stuff means, Anarina Chaiman. Thank you. Thank you, Kaz. So let's look at that. So where do we get it from? We're not just doing this. We're doing this because God said we have to do it. And if the listeners want to go to Leviticus 23, verse 15, they will see there that it says, From the day after the Shabbat, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count a full seven weeks. Count of 50 days up to the day after the seventh Shabbat. And then present an offering of new grain to the Lord, and that would then be shoveled. So, Kaz, we can see that there is a counting, and, and if we're counting up, it means that there is an increase. And that's what we see in agriculture. Remember that all these cycles are always connected to agriculture as well. That's where things went sour in, in the old days because the people would worship um, the elements, the sun and the moon and the rain and everything because they would think that those are the gods that give them um, their, their provision. And here God says, no, 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 no. I am your creator. I create everything. But you will, by doing this, you are honoring me and you are also acknowledging that I am the one that gives you this. So again, all these things connected to the agricultural cycle, to the seasons, and, and that's why we're doing it right now. So, so we are, uh, the spiritual significance of this overcount is the journey out of Egypt. Now remember we said Egypt, the name in Hebrew is Mitzrayim, the place of limitation. God took you out of the place of limitation, and he is now taking you to Al-Sinai, the mountain. He's taking you up the mountain, so you're coming out of this place of tremendous pressure, of tremendous limitation. And in 15 days, you are literally making an aliyah. You're going up to the Mount um, Sinai where the Torah is given. So, so, but you can't do it in one shot, Kaz. We know that when you climb Mount Everest, you don't just climb in one day, <laughs> but you climb in stages. And even then, you go up and you come down a little bit because you have to climatize. Mm-hmm. Then you go up a little bit and you come a little bit down again. Um, you have to come every, every day when you climb a third down again so that your body can acclimatize. And that's exactly what happens here as well. God couldn't just take the people out and then give them the Torah, we, uh, it wouldn't have worked. So, so here we can see the Creator's hand in understanding His people, understanding where they come from, understanding that they have to be weaned out of this 
tremendous situation that they were for for 400 years. So um, that all happening. Now, with these steps of the spiritual ascent, something very interesting happened. After, in, on the seventh day after the exodus of um, Egypt, we stood at Yam Suf, at, at the sea. And God split the sea, and the, and the, and the Jewish people crossed dry feet yes. through the sea. But they said, Kaz, on that moment when the sea split, it was as if the heavens opened up as well. And all of Israel sang. Now, now a song in the Bible is not just a song that we know today. There are only 10 songs that are known as songs, that biblical spiritual mm-hmm. songs that breaks open the heavens. And, and, and in that point, Israel sang. It meant that they saw the levels that they could achieve. God showed them in one flash who they really are and what he wants them to be at that moment. And the moment when they got out of that, he said, you're not there yet. Now you're going to work for it. Now you're going to get yourself to a point where I can give that to you. So um, in our life, sometimes God gives us a vision. He shows us something. You know in your heart what you need to, uh, to achieve. And he gives you really a lot of details around what he wants you to achieve. But then he says, then, then you come out of it into the real world and you go, okay, <laughs> now I need to do this, right? Exactly. How do I get from here to there? I, the interesting thing about this is God gives us visions and directives, and sometimes we wrongly presume that, okay, you've given it to us, now make it, make it happen in my life. Well, part of it, a big part of it, is our obedience and our activities and actions. It's not him only, it is he and us in concert one with another. We've got about a minute left in this segment. How how do you want to close this out and prepare for the next segment, Honorina Hyman? Exactly, Kaz. So, no, I just want to, to just um, finish on this thought specifically, Kaz, that, that when we receive something, when we know what our um, job is in this world, what our vocation is, um, from there you need to work with God and you need to count. So we're going to, um, in the next session, um, we're going to really discuss how to do this because there is always a system. God works by a system. The whole world, if you look at it, is, is, is run by a specific spiritual system. And for us to really calibrate ourselves in these days to be able to climb every day one step higher, um, that is closely connected to the counting of the Omer yes. that we will discuss in the next section. Yes, so my listening friend, here's the deal. God doesn't leave us stranded. He communicates with us his will and directive. All we have to do is be able to comprehend that. One of the finest ways to comprehend that is to read his scripture. And he gives us these uh, truths and in the months and in the, in the seasons and in the harvests. All these things are before us. We just have to be able to comprehend what they mean, follow and obey. So in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about the counting of the Omer. And uh, we are going to dig more deeply each Omer, each, each count has a significance in, in Scripture, and Honorina is going to guide us through because there's not only light at the end of the tunnel, here we are in the COVID virus issue coming out of this, but all, all these directives that God is going to give us in the counting of the Omer will give us hope for the future in the presence of now. <laughs> so Honorina and I will be right back.
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And I'm back with Honorina Hyman and the Align with Zion Hour on Come Together San Diego. <clears throat> Honorina we talked a lot about uh, the whole idea of the, the counting of the Omer and the transition from Pesach into Shavuot, uh, and the counting of the Omer helps us count those days, but within the counts and within those sheaves of the barley or, or, or the Omer, uh, God has great lessons. Here, here you go, Anarina, lay it on us. Thank you, Kat. So let's try and figure out. We read in Leviticus that there is a seven-week um, cycle, and within that seven weeks, we have seven days, and we have to count 49 days up till we get to the 50th day. Now, if we, it's like you said um, in the previous segment, how do we know how to do this? We look into God's Word. But also, how do we do this? We look into God's world. We look into His creation, and we can see that there's a massive system serving Him in order for him to bring his provision into our life. One very important of, uh, system basically is um, six days you will work, on the seventh day you will rest. And then we have the month. We said one of the first commandments, even before Israel got to Sinai, was the, 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 the counting of the, the new month, to know that today starts the new month. And how do you know that? You look at the moon. You see if you can see the sliver of the moon and you know, ah, here starts the new month and you have to have two witnesses and all that kind of thing. So, so, so there God brings us into his world, into his creation, acknowledging what's happening in his world. And through that, we align ourselves so that the provision can come. And that's what happens also with, um, with the, the counting of the order. So what happened, Kat, with Pesach, we have the seder. Seder means the order. So basically, God takes all the elements together, and in a very specific way that we have to follow, the Jewish people have to follow in a very specific way, on um, the night of the Seder, um, he then puts these things together, like the parts of a radio. But now you have your radio together, and you would like to, to, to hear something, now you have to <laughs> celebrate it, you have to fine-tune it, right? Yes. So this is the Omer, and the moment when you can actually fine-tune it, you know how it goes when you find you you get the signal at that point we have a broadcast exactly what you're doing right now yes, and that's we are. exactly what happened on shovel or there was a broadcast <laughs> and god started started to speak um and 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 there are there's so much to say about that we will cover that but that's what we have we have the putting together of the elements then the calibration and then the broadcast we can actually receive god's word so every week is connected to a, a, a specific character a trait or an emanation um which is the moral fiber by which God rules his world. And I'm quickly going to run the listeners yes. through that. The first week, we counted chesed. Chesed means loving kindness. This world cannot stand. It, you can't even begin with anything if you do not put the love of God into it. 
when you do not put the loving kindness of God into it, because otherwise, don't even start. Um, so that's the first one, and that one is connected to Abraham, um, Abram. Um, it, it is said that he was just loving kindness. He welcomed everybody into his tent. His tent was open on four sides so that anybody can come in, because he's the only guy and the first guy that understood that, they, listen, I cannot worship idols. There is one God, and I need to share that with the world. So, so, so God's first message through the first man that he um, established here that could do that message was through Abram, and it was only through loving kindness. Right, so that's our first week. Now, the second week, we are counting Gvura. Gvura means strength. When we say um, El Gibor, it means God is a, a God of strength. It's a strong man. It's a hero. That's the word. It, it, it's strength, the, the word Gibor. So you can um, hear in the, um, in the word Gibor, the strength. Now, um, what is this? This is restraint. This is when God started to put boundaries in. Think of the creation. First, everything was just um, one big... Um, ball of energy and then God has to start putting boundaries to everything because otherwise nothing can function yes. so that's what we have with Kivurah and that is connected to Yitzchak or Isaac why? because he's the one that had to put himself um, on the altar we know that he was 37 years old when Abraham, Abraham had to sacrifice him so so he himself had to had to um, um, contain himself and bring himself to that point. Yes. That's why it had to go with a tremendous amount of strength yes. to let, actually do that. Let me interject so here. Is, <clears throat> let me quickly interject, my listening friend. Please. In case you're completely lost, what Honorina is doing right now, there are seven weeks from Passover uh, to Pentecost or from Pesach to Shavuot. And each week has a distinct value as we count the Omer throughout. She's gone through the first two of the seven weeks. And uh, so that I don't want you to be confused. That's where she's going. She's giving us deep spiritual truths tight to each week in the, in the, in, in the transition from the Pesach into uh, um, the Shavuot time frame. Go ahead, Honoré. Thank you, Chaz. And then we're going to see how we can actually live it out. I'm just quickly taking um, the listener through. The next week, the third week, is the week of Tiferet. Tiferet is a splendor. It is, it, it, it's a tremendous beauty, but it, it, it is rooted in harmony and in balance. So what we have is when the, the borders and the restraints of Kavua can actually contain this loving kindness, you get a balance that brings um, about a tremendous beauty. Um, um, and that goes together with, with Jacob. Um, and then we get to week four, that is Netzach. Netzach means eternity. It also means victory. So, so on the fourth week, we work with God, um, um, the character of, 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 and the value of eternity. And that is connected to Moses because he gave us the eternal covenant that God gave the Jewish people. The, the week after that, we have Hod. Hod is connected to Aaron. And this is what we call the place where the fullness of existence and of power, when you, your personal greatness, when you, receive, when you get to that place of maturity that you can take that 
and that can inspire respect and reverence. That is a place that you have to work for, Kaz. It's not something that just comes by itself. It's, we call it the charismatic beauty. It's, it's something that um, the fullness of your existence and power is so shaped that it can start pushing light and life into other people's worlds. That is Hod. And then we get to um, the sixth week, which is the week of Yesod. Yesod means foundation, because without the foundation, nothing of these things can stand. And you have to look now, because we are now getting to a place where things are getting more concrete. We are starting to build the foundation for these things for us to, to be able to work from. And that is connected to, to Joseph, to Yosef, and what was um, established also in Egypt for the Jewish people to move out. And then the last one, and this is very interesting, Cass, the last week is the week of kingship and kingdom. Um, and that is connected to King David as well. And it's so interesting that we have this idea in our minds that everything is for the kingdom. Everything is for God's kingship and kingdom into this world but kingdom and kingship is the lowest emanation it is and this is the only place where it actually starts manifesting into our world all the other things that we spoke about is in the in the heavens above the seven heavens above that we are slowly starting to draw down through our counting until it starts to manifest in this world. So if we ask for God's kingdom to be established in this world, we ask him to take all these tremendous traits that we just discussed, to bring them into a complete harmony, and that's the moment when it starts manifesting into our world. Oh my. And we can see the greatness of God. Yes. Um, um, we, yeah, the greatness of God uh, ta- more mm-hmm. tangibly uh, brought, brought to earth. and. Uh, we're running out of time in this segment, so I know you, you want to spend a little bit more time on the broader picture of this entire month, yeah. the second month of ER. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But my friend, as we make this transition, uh, Honorina, you know, when she gives me, she throws out words, I go, oh, okay, well, this means this means this. She was talking about uh, Shavuot being uh, tied to the term broadcasting. And I and I wanted to I wanted to give you the visual picture. Where do you see these broadcast towers? You don't see them down in the valley. You see them on mountaintops. So exactly. when we think about Shavuot and broadcasting, think of a, a broadcast tower where the uh, the truths of God are being broadcast out. And on uh, the Mount of Sinai, uh, uh, God broadcast his. Uh, heart cry, his declaration, his love contract, if you will, with his people, and that broadcast is continuing on into today and into the future. But we have so much to look forward to. We're talking about this month. We're entering into the time frame of IR, the time of a broadcasting to prepare us for the what we what we would call the Shavuot or the pen, time of Pentecost, and uh, we're going to talk more about that in greater detail when Anarina and I come <laughs> right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K Praise. 
Here's Kaz Taylor. And here we are again with another segment of Come Together San Diego and the Align with Zion Hour with Anarina Hyman in Jerusalem. We, of course, are in San Diego, California. We've uh, introduced you to the counting of the Omer. And um, we kind of give you a, a broader picture. Also, we're dealing with there's, there's a month in, in which this transition happens, and this is the month called the second month of the Hebrew biblical calendar called the month of Ayar. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're, we're talking about the, the counting of the Omer, the 49 into the 50th, which identifies the, the Pentecost or Shavuot. Uh, celebration. I'm going to hand it over to Honorina because she may want to clean up some of Kaz's messes here and take us into what she wants to actually talk about. <laughs> Honorina? Kaz, I, well spotted on the on on the broadcast on the hills and everything. Really, it's it, that's exactly. And again, it's the same principle. The world works on certain principles that God has established, and you just spotted that spot on so so really it's it's amazing to see that so let's just quickly figure out how to, to finish off with with the counting of the omer so we spoke about seven weeks with with these um different characteristics or values or moral fiber that we now have to weave like a te- tapestry so what happens remember in every um, week of these seven weeks there are seven days so now we're starting on a much more micro level to to, to weave these things together so we will start on the first say um, with loving kindness within loving kindness that's just full on loving kindness then the next day you will count the, the restraint the gvura, within loving kindness so you start to put shape to it the next day you will count you will put the deferred or the, 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 the harmony within loving kindness so we match up and we couple up with each one of them also with each other so that on, we have um, on every one of them coupled up a tapestry that then comes up um, into the full, um, how can I say, uh, calibration that we will then be ready to, 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 to receive the Torah and to be able on, in, in every year to be able to receive the Torah. And can you imagine, and this is what the Jewish people do right now, every day there's a specific um, combination that we have to focus on. And in that day, you work on that. And Cass, um, you won't be surprised that usually on that day, the test comes for you to actually apply that specific value to, to your world so that you can fix and so that you can align yourself better. So that's what we do during the counting of the armor. Right. Now, moving swiftly along <laughs> to, uh, to, to the months that we are in, because this whole uh, 49 um, day stretches over three months. We started in Nishan as the people know, as the listeners know, and that was also the, the, the month of Pesach. And we know that that is the beginning of spring. Now, I see a lot of people on my website and on the Facebook says, what's the difference between Nisan and Aviv? Because when we read our Bible, we see the month of Aviv. But you guys speak of the month of Nisan. What is the deal here? Yes. So basically, during the Babylonian times, during the Babylonian um, um, exile, those were the names of the months that we started to use. Um, but in this specific month, um, we also have Netzer and Nitzan, which means the budding, and you can hear that in the word Nisan as well. But 
what is Aviv? When we speak about the month of Aviv, we don't speak about a specific month. Aviv is not the month of Nisan. It is the month of Aviv means spring. So it means it's a spring month. So, when so, so you're saying it's a season, the seasons, as in the four seasons. Yes. Ah. There we go. So if we see that it's the month of Aviv, we actually say it's one of the spring months. So ah. we know it's somewhere between Nisan, Iyar, and Sivan. That's, that's where we start seeing the spring happening. So, so I know that a lot of the listeners um, have that question. Right, so how do we know this? And this is the time that we also read the Song of Solomon. Um, and here we can see basically that God um, speaks about, or Solomon speaks, speaks about the, 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 the winter has passed. Now you have to come out. Now you have to come to me to the mountains of spices. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening because this is the time when that is happening and that's also the, the giving of the Torah. And also now, there's, no there's an interesting thing that happens. It says in, in the King James, it says it's the time of the, uh, of the turtle, but it means the turtle dove. So oftentimes when I do my Facebook posts and things like that, I, I'm, I'm in competition <laughs> with the beautiful bird sounds that surround. This is the time. This is the season of Aviv, and uh, here we are. Uh, r- uh, much hope attached to this. And, Go ahead, Anarina. And, and again, if the listeners want to read the uh, Song of Solomon again, they will now understand what's happening there. The whole Song of Solomon represents the whole Torah. It is known that if you read the whole Songs of Solomon in Hebrew, you have covered the whole Torah because it speaks of God's relationship with, his Jew, with the Jewish people, his love relationship with them. But also you can see the, the actual history and the prophecy within that book. Wow. It's an amazing, an amazing book. Now, how do we know that this is between God and Israel, um, Cass? Because when you read it, you can see it's between a lover and his beloved. But um, I think that you can actually see there's a hint there when, when, when this beloved speaks of his beloved and he speaks of her um, as an army. Now, I don't know if you've ever spoken to Daphne and then you called her that she is as lovely as a, a bannered host <laughs> with, <laughs> oh my. With, with shields and whatever. That's where you know, that, that's the giveaway, that you know that this whole Song of Songs is actually about um, the love relationship between God and his, his bride, um, which is the, uh, the, the, the nation of Israel. So that's happening right there. Um, now, let's get into the next month, and that is Iyar that we are entering in right now. Now, Cass, this is a very special month, and I would like the listeners to really understand this. Iyar, we know that God said that between Egypt Pesach to Shavuot, he said, if you are going to start keeping my commandments, none of the sicknesses that I've placed upon you in Egypt, I will place upon you now. Um, The listeners can see that in Exodus 15, verse 26. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I've put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord your healer. Um, And if you take the letters of the month of Iyar, um, the Aleph Yudud Resh, it spells out the acronym um, in Hebrew, I am the Lord your healer. So, So it is a month of healing, Kaz, and within this counting of the Omer, 
we can come before God and say, I am standing before you. I keep your commandments. I follow your word. Um, and there's a promise in this that, 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 that this is the time where he then healed. And if he healed in that time, we also know, according to Ecclesiastes, what is, was, what will be, was. So are you saying that uh, this time frame is good news for those of us who are going through the, the COVID uh, virus thing because we're entering into the time where God proclaims that he is the Lord, our healer? That's because we, we need healing in these times, don't we? Absolutely. And Kath, we also said in our previous podcast that we have now entered a time of correction. Mm-hmm. So, so this, this virus comes and it is bringing about certain things, a place where we can correct ourselves. Um, but there is always healing. The gates of healing and the gates of prayer and the gates of um, um, tshuva, repentance, are always open. And this is a auspicious time then to look to God and say, I'm coming out of the place of restraint. I'm coming out of the place of limitation. And in this time, you have promised the Jewish people that, that, that they will be healing. So it, it, it's a time of healing. It is a very auspicious time for that. My, my, my. You know, my friend, if you, what you need to do, what we need to do is take God's word and uh, properly appropriate it and then just step back and you will see the things that he did back then, he's doing now and he will do tomorrow as well. So the things that, that uh, bear hope for us uh, because of yesteryear uh, bear hope for us today, and we're in the middle of some things that, that if we grab onto, they are going to impact our lives in remarkable ways. Anarina, I know we want to spend a little bit more time on once we get to this point, we need to look to the immediate future because there is tremendous hope and promise there. So can we spend the last segment of uh, this broadcast uh, being the bearers of hope uh, as this upcoming <laughs> months and this Aviv season of springtime promise? Can we dig more deeply into that? Absolutely, Cass. We're going to look at dates within this month that has happened in the past that will cast tremendous hope for the future. Very good. Well, I guess that means that Anarina and I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. And we have returned to the last segment of Align with Zion in Come Together San Diego with Anarina Hyman. We're talking about this wonderful month and everything that has uh, to do with it, but this is also a connector month between the time of... Uh, of the Passover or Pesach into a month called Pentecost. We call Pentecost, which Anarina would call Shavuot. And so, Anarina, you're talking about the Omer uh, and uh, in, in, in the month of Er, and then heading into that great and illustrious next month. Thank you, Kaz. And, and just for the listeners, all these funny names, Shavuot actually means weeks, and that makes sense because we're in the, in the festival of weeks. We just counted these seven weeks. Okay, but we spoke about the month of ER, and we would like to see some hope 
and how to align ourselves and understanding what happens in this month. So this month, um, Yar, again, is the, the, the Babylonian name for this month. If you go to the Bible, in 1 Kings 6.1, you will see that this month is actually called the month of Ziv, and Ziv means radiance. Oh, wow. So that tells us exactly what's happening in this month. <laughs> now, you can see also, according to the um, seasonal cycles, this is when we start to see the radiance of the sun also in our lives again. So, so let's see what happened. Now, on the 5th of the year, um, for us, a tremendous day, um, Cass, because that is Yom HaAtzma'ut. It is the day of independence. Um, now, this falls on the, the, the Omer count, Yisot Shebetiferet. So it is the foundation within balance. So on the day when we count the foundation that is within um, um, the balance and the harmony, on that day, Israel gains their independence back. So that happened on the 5th of ER. On the 14th of ER, we're going to go a few thousand years back, was the second Pesach. Now, you remember that some of the people couldn't be part of the first Pesach because of they had to um, bury people on the way. And they went to Moses and they said, listen, it's not our fault. The most important thing um, that we have to do is we have to make sure that the, the dead people are de- dead are buried. That is a very, very important commandment within the Jewish um, world. So they said we had to honor these people, we had to make sure that they are buried, but that made us um, impure and we couldn't keep um, Pesach. So uh, Moses said this will be a second Pesach. Ah. On the 14th of Iyar is a very important date because that's the day of second chances. God always gives us a second and a third and a fourth, but it's a auspicious day. If you feel like you missed something with someone or you did something wrong or you want to make it right, this is a very auspicious day to make it right, especially if you want to make right with people um, or, or, or take up something important in your life um, with, with God where you feel that you would like to deepen yourself and your spiritual walk with Him. Um, then we have the 20th of year. Um, and that is basically a year after the, uh, receiving the Torah on Mount Sinai. For the first time, Israel traveled from Sinai um, onto their journeys in the desert. So this is the time, for the first time, that they literally traveled within the divinely ordained order. And we know that um, they had different flags, um, and all of them were in different groups, three groups at a time. And we also saw that when you look at the Bible, when the Leviim, the Levites, had to break up the camp and the tabernacle, every one of the families had something specific to do in a very specific order. Yes. So this is the first time on the 20th of the year when this divine order was now being executed. So um, you can just, in yourself and for yourself, um, go before God and say, how can I... Um, place myself, how can I walk a better walk with you within your divine order? A very auspicious day for that. Oh, I love and then it. On the, 
I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm so thrilled with this because I've been doing a lot of studying about the different the, the tribes that surround, you know, that surrounded the t- tabernacle of Moses and the That's priestly it. involvement. The Kohathites did had one task in in the construction and the moving of, exactly. of the tabernacle. The Merarites and the Gershonites, all these people had different tasks. I'm so thrilled with this, but I I, I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> of this, this is where it was literally activated care. So on that day, you can be very much more in prayer on that activation of putting yourself into that order. Great stuff. So then we have the 28th of Iyar. Again, a very beautiful day, especially for me, because that is Yom Yerushalayim. It is Jerusalem Day. It is the day when we, when it was literally said all of Jerusalem is in our hands, where we were given back the full, the whole city of the, the, the current, as known today, the old city. Um, so it was the reunification of Jerusalem. Now, when did this happen? This happened on the first day that we count um, the week of Malchut or kingship. Kaz, this is very important. It means in the week when kingship is, uh, when God starts to introduce kingship into his world, that's the day that we got Jerusalem back. That says everything. Oh my. <laughs> so, Say that so, again. Um, it's I, hard to comprehend. You're saying the the time of the kingship was the time that you got Jerusalem yes. back. Uh, help me understand That's that. It. That's it. So we're counting seven weeks. The last week is the week of kingship, the kingdom week. And the first day of counting that week that's when we got Jerusalem back. So Jerusalem is intimately connected oh to God's kingship, and we know that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the counting of the Omer, and I really hope that this will put it into perspective for our listeners how important these days are and how important it is to understand this interface by which God governs his world. Yes, so, yes. Cass, that, um, just moving from there. Um, before we is, do, before we do, a lot of people may want to dig more, a little bit more deeply in what mm-hmm. you've shared with them. Give them mm-hmm. a way to get to your website or your Facebook or both. Sure. So they can go to www.align with Zion. Uh, that's A L I G N with Zion.com. Uh, we have a few things there. We've been counting the Omer also on the Facebook page. Um, so they can go there. And a lot of the videos on YouTube, Align with Zion, YouTube. We also speak about Jerusalem. We speak about how you can align yourself with the festivals and everything. Can. Sure, but on um, Facebook, so all they need to do is put, enter in the search engine Align with Zion, and that will get them there on the Facebook, right? That's the one. All right. That's the one. So, we've, we're, so. We're, <clears throat> as we come out of this month of ER, there's so much to look forward to. This is a preparatory month, the counting of the Omer and so mm-hmm. forth, into True. what remarkable promise. I'm going to let you carry it from here. We've got about two minutes left in this entire hour. Can you believe it? It makes me want to weep. <laughs> I'm going to give a teaser trailer here, and we hopefully we will then discuss this more fully in, in the next um, segment it. coming. But um, this is all about 
shuffle or we can what are you counting where are you counting to i mean it doesn't help that you're counting all these things you don't know what you what 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 your goal and your vision is and the vision here is the, the, the festival of Shavuot, the festival of weeks, the culmination of these weeks, and boom, right there, we have the people of Israel, Am Israel, standing at the foot of Mount Sinai, and God comes and He gives us His Torah, His, his um, the, the guidebook to life, to know how to live life, how to understand his world. And not just that, that was the wedding day between God and his beloved, the people of oh, Jewish my, people my, my. Uh, of Israel. And the, the Torah itself was the ketubah. It was the wedding contract to say, this is how we're going to do this. Um, so that's what's happening, Kat. And just an, an extra thing on that that we will also discuss um, Shavuot is also the birthday and uh, the passing away of King David. Um, oh and now you can understand, he comes at the end of this counting where we count kingdom within kingship within kingship. Oh my, my. And the next day he was born. So, so we also celebrate oh um, his birthday and the outside. My listening friend, I, I, ho- I hope you're enthralled by uh, Honorina and her insights on things. We Gentiles who pursue Scripture, uh, our eyes get opened when we visit with Honorina. So we're out of time here in this uh, Align with Zion Hour. And uh, next month, we're going to be just dealing with this wonderful time frame of Shavuot. And it's a thrilling. Honorina, thanks for joining us. And uh, I cannot wait to the next time we meet uh, on the air and even face-to-face. My listening friend, this is the end of the Align with Zion Hour, but more to come on Come Together San Diego. God bless. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, KPraise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Come together, San Diego, with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210, KPraise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Welcome back to Come Together, San Diego, my friends. This is the second hour of Come Together San Diego. The first hour was pre-taped. It was called the Align with Zion Hour. We do that the last Saturday of every month with Honorina Hyman from Jerusalem. She spoke about the entrance into this second month in the Hebrew calendar, the month of ER, and we talked a lot about what well, things like the counting of the Omer and things like that. Um, it's going to be in the uh, podcast uh, area of uh, of uh, the Salem Media Group's KPRZ website. You can find that if you want to, re- you know, I'm, I need to listen to it a billion times to understand the depth of what she had to say. But it's fun because not only we talk about the Hebrew things there, but we're going to continue the theme of biblical Hebrew Old Testament things and show how they um, are impactful for us in these present day times and throughout the New Testament as well. And in that regard, I want to introduce to you a new best friend. 
His name is Art Lyons. He is a minister uh, of the gospel and so much more. He has a tremendous amount of experience, not only in pastoring. He's uh, pastored in the South Bay area in, uh, I would say, like the Chula Vista area of southern uh, San Diego County for about 35 years or so. In addition to that, he has a tremendous number of years of experience as a chaplain through the San Diego Sheriff's Department, about 20 years of chaplaincy. So all that gives him a tremendous base upon which to minister truths because he has been face-to-face with truths and also the enemy's intent for lies for a long time, and he can parse out the difference between the two. And he also has a heart for a thing called the Tabernacle of Moses. If you listen to the last segment of the first hour, Honorina Hyman talked about the Tabernacle of Moses, and I understood that Art Lyons was a real lover of this as well. By the way, Art, good to have you. Thanks, Gaz. You know, and when Honorina, she just passively made a comment of this, and we're going to be talking in the first segment of our time together, we're going to get a little bit of information so people... I can know a little bit more about the who, why, what, where, when, and how of Art Lyons. But uh, when we get into the actual Tabernacle of Moses, I was interested that Honorina said, uh, from a, a date perspective, the actual date of the day of the Tabernacle of Moses was activated. She said it was the 20th day of the month of ER, and we have just entered, today we've entered the month of ER. So on what would be the 20th of the month of ER, uh, or a.k.a. May 14th, that is the actual birth date of the Tabernacle of Moses administration. So when we get into this, it's nice to know that we're in the right time frame for the right topic. But before we get into that that. topic, isn't that amazing? Yeah. (laughs) Before we get into that, I want to spend just a little bit of time with you and to get a little bit of background information about the who, why, what, where, when, and how of Art Lyons. You've been around for a while, and you've this is a this is a compliment. Don't get too blushed about this. But you're a man of great wisdom and compassion. So give well, us the you. overview, uh, Art Lyons, and then we'll dive into Tabernacle of Moses things. Art Lyons. All right. Well, I uh, was born and bred in Chula Vista, and uh, I've been a resident uh, my whole life here. So you you and, are you uh, saying that you were born and bred in Chula Vista? I went to high school correct. in Chula Vista. I went to Southwestern College in the Chula Vista Bonita area. So I, I'm a bit older than you, uh, I'm sure. But nonetheless, we may have crossed paths. I mean, that's amazing. Well, may, yeah, maybe. I know some of your alumni are probably listening tonight from uh, <laughs> yeah Hilltop high, high School. Hilltop High School is that's where I right. Yeah. I have many friends from there, and of course, I graduated there also. Yes. So, okay, so yeah, now, so, now, how did you get involved with the Lord stuff, or maybe what, did you make a short circuit, a long, <laughs> short circuit along the way, and then God yeah. grabbed onto you from there? Tell us about that. Well, probably a longer journey, but anyway, <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, you know, we grew up at the uh, during the end of the hippie movement and all that scene, and I was into that, and my mother was a beatnik in San Francisco, so I came out of a kind of colorful background. Yes, and um, got involved with all the you know latest things that were happening. Um, went through high school, um, got involved with drugs, alcohol, and then uh, was in and out of jail several times. And um, I didn't want to stay on that road anymore, so I. I uh, was drinking one night, actually drinking King of Bears, Budweiser, <laughs> and um, 
watching the King of Kings. Actually, I was watching uh, Cecil B. DeMille's Ten Commandments on um, television. And uh, that night, um, I just, you know, I grew up in a, I had some Sunday school experience, and I had an encounter with God when I was four years old, actually. But I was far away from him. I believed in God. And uh, watching the Ten Commandments, I was just thinking in my mind, I said, you know, Lord, you did these miracles. I don't know how you did them, but I know you did them. And I need a miracle. I can't quit drinking, and i going back to jail again and again, and he asked me three questions. They were all basically the same question, which was, uh, why don't you give your life to me? And uh, I thought in my mind, the Christians I knew at the time had, you know, they weren't riding motorcycles. They cut their hair. They they were just kind of squeaky clean, and that wasn't <laughs> me. And um, and so I said, well, Lord, I think I'd be bored stiff as a Christian, but I need I need a miracle. And so the conversation went on longer, but nonetheless, at the end of the third question, um, I said, okay, Lord, if you can, if you can make me happy, that was the word we used then. I didn't understand biblical linguist at that time, but basically I was asking, you know, if you could bless me, but I was using the term, okay, if you can make me happy, I'll, I'll, I'll give my life to you. And that night, my life changed. Um, I uh, didn't know at the time that my alcoholism was taken away that evening. I did the next week and further on because I had no desire to drink anymore. But I also had the vision that night that God gave me of um, of being kindred spirit with Moses. And um, he told me that night that I was going to be preaching the gospel to, to people. My. And that's how my spiritual journey began. So you're what you're watching the Ten Commandments, uh, Charlton Heston, and, and the things that he did that uh, on the mountain, and the Ten Commandments coming down from the mountain. You know, we're entering into that time frame right now. Is we we call it the Feast uh, of uh, uh, of Pentecost, and uh, the Jews call it Shabbat. But uh, we're entering that time frame now. So you had a real. Uh, personal experience with Moses on the mountaintop. So, so uh, that really probably stirred you to dig more deeply. And that, is that one of the reasons why you decided to uh, dig deeply into the topic of the tabernacle of Moses? Is that part of it? Well, eventually, yeah. The first next four years after that, I was just learning how to be a regular person again. And uh-huh. I didn't, I was so messed up that I didn't feel there was any way that God could really use me that much. Uh, but I, 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 you know, he had given me that vision. And so I thought, well, you know, I, I think I might be interested in that, but I was just, just too, too young. Yes. So after four years, um, I went to the pastor at the church I was attending at the time and said, I feel like God's called me into full-time ministry. What do I need to do? They laid out a plan for me and I did that plan. And uh, then at first I got involved with uh, prison and jail ministry here in San Diego. Yes, 20, uh, 20 I, years of ministry with the San Diego Sheriff's Department uh, as a chaplain? Yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, so anyway, you know, as I uh, got ordained, I was more involved with teaching in the church. And um, I, I like harder topics to study out and, and that type of thing. But I think I just had kindreds spirit with the tabernacle and Moses and and all that happened there in the beginning of Genesis and Exodus and so um 
yeah, one day I just I said, you know what, I I would really like to do a, a presentation on the tabernacle of Moses, and I would like to build the furniture. I'd like just to do everything <laughs> that I could possibly could. And so I, you know, I asked the fellow elders, leaders at our church, I said, I'd like to do this, and sure, they were open to it. So I spent about <clears throat> somewhere between three and four months building the furniture. Oh, my. And, um yeah, and then uh, we did the presentation. It was a five-week presentation. Oh, my. You know, and, the guy uh, who actually built this, I think, was a guy named Bezalel. Bezalel in, yeah. in Moses' day. And uh, today, my listening friend, I bet you didn't realize that you were going to meet a modern-day Bezalel, a, a, a crafter <laughs> of the Tabernacle of Moses. That's how I was first uh, enticed by him. I saw a Facebook post with him doing a teaching, and there was the Ark of the Covenant and the uh, the uh, altar of incense and and there was the candlestick, and there was a table of showbread. I go, what is this guy doing? I mean, these are <laughs> loving topics of, of mine as well. So I said, I need to get this guy on the air. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here is Art Lyons. And you know what? We've come up to a commercial break. But I think, uh, Art, you've done a nice job of setting the stage for talking about the biblical truths in this remarkable structure found in the Old Testament and uh, lived out in the New Testament and lived out even more in the Now Testament called the Tabernacle of Moses. And Art, are you game for spending the rest of this hour talking about those things? Oh, for sure. Okay, well, for sure, uh, Art Lyons and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And hello, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego. Kaz Taylor, your host here, but with a co-host named Art Lyons, a remarkable guy. And this whole two-hour show is really devoted to biblical things from Old Testament, even into the New Testament, even into the now. And uh, Art Lyons has a real heart cry for biblical truths tied to the Tabernacle of Moses. Welcome back with me, Art. I'm really excited to have you give us some insights on this. Uh, um, are you, right, uh, you geared up and amped up and oh, ammoed sure. up and ready to go? Sure am. Okay. Well, let me, let's me let start with this, and I'm going to hand the baton over to you early on so that you can extrapolate a little bit more on it. But what I, there, there are three different areas of the Tabernacle of Moses that I think you and I are going to talk about. One is the outer court and the in the furniture there, the holy place, and then the most intimate place of all, the Holy of Holies. But there's a scripture, and I know that you, you probably use this in your teaching, uh, in First uh, Corinthians ten eleven, when the scripture Paul talks about, uh, uh, you know, he's talking about analogies of the Old Testament and patterns of the Old Testament. And here's what he says, and then I'm going to hand the baton off to you, uh, Art Lyons. He says, He's, he's talking about Moses in 1 Corinthians ten eleven. He says, These things happen unto them, Moses and the others, for our admonition, for our learning, upon whom the ends of the age are come. So the question is, what things happen to them that are of value for us today? And with that, I'm going to hand the baton to Art Lyons. <laughs> there you go, Art. I set oh, it up for thanks. you. I teed it up for you. Thanks. Yeah. So first of all, in that, the Old Testament is a whole lot of word pictures for us to 
began to, well, for us and for the God's people to begin to see what was going to come in the future. And that was, of course, Jesus Christ was coming. And so God begins to set up this whole picture thing of Christ through the tabernacle. And the tabernacle meaning up where God dwells, or I don't know if I'll say the Hebrew words correctly, but Mishkan, which means rest or to live in, referring to the dwelling place of God. And it's also like really quickly uh, associated with Shekinah, the Shekinah glory of God. And so the tabernacle was uh, began to paint these pictures of what was going to come. And so all the pieces of the furniture and the and the um, way that the priests went about what they did were all teaching something to come. And I don't, I, I mean, they didn't realize it was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, I don't think. But as time went on and as prophecy continued, um, they could see more and more of that picture. Looking backwards now in our lives, I mean, it's pretty clear. But at the time, they were just beginning to do something. And the key is, is not only did God give the Ten Commandments and all of the uh, law to Moses, but he gave him a picture of the tabernacle that was in heaven. And he said, make it this way. So God was beginning through Moses and those who he raised up with the craftsmen and such to begin to paint this picture of Jesus Christ coming. Yes. And so, um, and, you know, we you had mentioned to me about, you know, this the idea of, uh, uh, that we look at is coming into the courtyard and going into the uh, holy place and the holy of holies. But actually, when God began to speak to Moses about the tabernacle, he didn't start with the outer court. Mm. He started right from the Ark of the Covenant. Ooh, that's a he wonderful him, point. Yeah, he gave him the instructions to make the Ark and the mercy seat first out of all the other furniture uh, and everything. And so what that mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant stand for was really where the heart of God was in beginning to paint this picture. And also, the first thing that went into the Ark, as we all know, were the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of stone. And that was God's main uh, picture that he wanted to paint. And then all the other stuff, um, of course, led into what was inside the Holy of Holies. My you know, there's a scripture. Uh, you know, you and I uh, have probably been sipping on the same, uh, uh, the same <laughs> scripture, and so it's it's remarkable. One of the things that God was showing me about this, you know, we know the scripture says that which is first natural, and after that, that which is spiritual. But as you, this wonderful revelation you got there, that God started with the actual, the most spiritual, the most intimate thing, and worked outward. But He knows that mankind is going to have to work from the outward to the inward. But He is the God. Uh, of the uh, of the spiritual and the natural, and we're children. Sometimes we are natural first, which leads us to the spiritual things. So he builds this tabernacle of Moses, and he focuses on. And here's where we're going to go. This is the ultimate intimate relationship with me. But here's how you have to get there. So we think of it from the outer court to the holy place to the holy of pla- holiest of holies, and God thinks of it as the here's the holy of holies. But here's how I want you to get there. Remarkable, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like he starts here. He said, you know, this is what's most important to me. Now yes, I'm going yes, to yes. teach you how to get there. And <laughs> yes. so from that time on to our time and into the future, we're going to be learning more and more um, 
well, we're there with Jesus Christ being yes. our Savior, and our, but we're going to learn more and more about the tabernacle and why uh, and what God wanted to teach us through all that. Yes, and, yes. Um, but the main thing, the point with the tabernacle, too, is that it was the dwelling place of God, and he wanted to, from the beginning, to remind Jews and Israel that he wants to dwell with them, and he wants them to dwell with him. And he wants mankind to dwell with him. Mm. And so um, the tabernacle, it's a tent. And as um, I read somewhere, you know, we all can relate to a tent. I mean, throughout history, we can relate to what a tent is. A tent is camping out with God. Mm. A tent is being in the wilderness with the Lord. And so, um, you know, just the idea of the tent and God dwelling in the tent and us dwelling... <laughs> You know, with God oh in the ten is is the you know the picture that He began to paint. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so so let's look at the, uh, from the outside of the area inward, and the, there are specific pieces of furniture from the outside to the inside that speak to us of a growing and, and more intensified relationship with the Lord. So why don't you paint the picture of? Okay, we're walking through. Uh, all the all the twelve tribes are encamped around this ta- the tabernacle of Moses, and uh, now these. If you if you're walking into the tabernacle of Moses, what are the first things that you see, and the, some of the administrations there, and what do those mean to us as we are, are wooed to go in further, Art Lyons? Sure. Yeah. Well, two things I'd like to mention first is one is that the tribes, as you mentioned, as they were camped out around the uh, tabernacle, if you were to look at a picture of it, they are in a picture of a cross. Oh. Um, I mean, I don't know if that was intentional, but I wouldn't say it wasn't. <laughs> but as a, as a bird's eye view of where how the, um, the tribes were camped around there, right in a cross exactly, um, and the, in the center was a tabernacle. And, of course, the tabernacle didn't look like much on the outside um and also being i believe a picture of jesus christ jesus christ didn't look much you know didn't look grandiose on the outside if we know the scriptures and isaiah tell us that he he you know there was nothing beautiful about him and uh but in the inside was a treasure and in the inside um was what was happening inside christ and so it was with the tabernacle and so as they would go into the courtyard, um, they would, you know, they the regular folk could just stand in the courtyard. They couldn't go much further than that, but they would approach the laver, the bronze laver, which was full of water, a lot, a lot of gallons of water, mm-hmm. which could possibly symbolize baptism. I like that. Uh, that needs to happen that, you know, as we go in and we get more connected with God, um, of course, we're asked to be baptized and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. But the labor um, symbolized purity, cleansing, uh, and that was before the priest could even go in. They were to cleanse themselves, yes. and that would be the first thing that, that they would uh, well, approach. The, the, actually, the first thing, wouldn't it be the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the uh, altar, the brazen altar? Right? Uh, I believe that the, I, I'd have to look that up off the top of my head. I can't say, but I think it was the labor and then the brazen altar. But um, 
it could be the other way around. I don't remember off the top of my head. But the point of the matter uh, is the blood sacrifice on the altar it bespeaks of uh, the Lord Jesus's blood sacrifice as well, right? I see, and that yeah, exactly. And so then entering. Um, hold on a second. You know, my listening friend, this is wonderful to go through these things because as we walk through these things, my... you're you're going to get uh, revelation as well. I'm sorry, Art. What was your comment? Uh, no, I just lost the sound for a minute, but I'm back. Okay, you have returned. Um, we, so yeah, we've got about I mean, one and, minute and left in this segment, yeah. Art. We've got about one minute left in this segment, so I need to make a transition in, into the, the other um, segments. So go ahead. The Art. altar of incense could be first, but that definitely paints the picture that the blood needs to be um, appropriated, and we need to believe in the blood of Jesus Christ before you know baptism would come after that. Yes, and the. Um, sacrifice of Christ would come before that, of course, yes. and our belief in that. Well, Art, uh, this is a remarkable topic. You I know. Yes, I'm, I'm here. We're hearing you loud okay. and clear. I don't know whether you're hearing okay. us, but we're hearing you. And my listening friend, yeah, I hope fine. this is uh, perking uh, some uh, desire to get into uh, Scripture about this, because God doesn't just do things half-heartedly. He doesn't just do things that have one application to them. Multiple applications about uh, His plan for intimacy going into that holy of holy places called where the Ark of the Covenant was. But we're just beginning our trek into this. We've spent a little bit of time in the outer court. Now, Art Lyons is going to guide us into one of the most remarkable areas thereafter. This is called the holy, uh, I would say the, the holy place uh, where other implements are there. You'll see these implements illustrated not only in the Old Testament, also, if you like the book of the Revelation, you'll find them there as well. So Art Lyons and I are going to help you in this tour into the Tabernacle of Moses when Art Lyons and I come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it at 866 577 2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K Praise. Hi, I'm Cheon, President and Founder of Harvest International Ministry in Pasadena, and I want to make an apostolic declaration. God loves San Diego, and I declare revival and transformation of San Diego. I declare heaven on earth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And welcome back, my listening friends, to Come Together San Diego. And the second hour, we're dealing about a topic that uh, is beloved of me and also my co-host, Art Lyons. Uh, it's called the Tabernacle of Moses, and it is spoken of not only through the, the Pentateuch uh, of the Old Testament, but it's referred to in the Psalms, it's referred to in the, the books of the law, the books of the prophets. It's all over the place, the Old Testament, and it's sprinkled through the New Testament as well because God has uh, messages he wants to relate to us in, the, in an earlier segment uh, Art spoke about how God began, actually, his construction in his uh, plan with the holiest of holies, uh, which is where God wants us to end up. So Art and I have been walking you through the actual different areas from the outer court towards the holy of holies. And Art, we've uh, found ourselves here in this segment in a place called the holy place. I'm going to hand the baton to you. And what have you to share on the topic of the holy place, Art Lyons? 
Thank you. Well, the first uh, piece of furniture, if you will, was a lampstand. As you went into the holy place, it was on the left side. And, of course, I mean, the, symbol- the symbolism there is just so plain as we look at Jesus Christ and what he said about himself uh, when he was on the earth speaking that he was the light of the world. And, of course, so many scriptures uh, on that particular uh, idea, not idea, but that truth that Christ is the light of the world. And so the lampstand was the only light inside the holy place. It was the only light in the Holy of Holies, but it really wasn't even there because the Holy of Holies was dark, but the Shekinah glory of God, the light that we remember when Moses was walking around and the light that was following him would would come down and abide on the top of the tabernacle, and that would, um, would lighten up the holy the Holy of Holies is, um, and so, but anyway, the light, the, the, uh, the menorah, the seven uh, candlestick menorah was the light that showed light there. And it shone on the, uh, the table of showbread, which we haven't got to yet, but it, it, it all this symbolism begins to take place, um, with the menorah. Yes. And, um, and so that was the first, um, item on the left side. Uh, and then, of course, the seven branches, as we look back, you know, we see how many times that God uses the number seven. Mm. Uh, of course, Moses would be looking, you know, to the beginning of God using the number seven in the creation story. Oh, that's good. Uh, and on, especially in the, on the seventh day, as you know, they rested. They were, to, they were supposed to rest on the Sabbath anyway. Um, and so the, this whole theme of the number seven begins to develop more and more as we continue towards, um, you know, the New Testament. And so, you know, you can spend a lot of time just looking how seven is so representation uh, of God. Um, it is. Tons of scriptures there, too. It's intimate. It's, it's so really, that, it's an, it, but the whole thing is just, just like you said from the very beginning, the whole intent is to bring us to that intimacy with our Creator. Isn't that right, Art? Right, and to paint the picture of Christ that would to come. And as he came and he spoke of all these things, as he did in, in the Gospels, um, you know, trying to bring it all together for um, the Jewish people then, um, but they still weren't able to see the symbolism pointing to Jesus Christ himself. Um, I'm not schooled enough in, in Jewish um, thought to know you know, if they applied these things to um, to uh, the Messiah that they thought was going to come, you, you'd be more studied than that, I think, Kaz, to, mm-hmm. to speak on. Well, um, you know, I, I, I would say, they yes, they do. The symbolism. But one of the things that they really do is they apply these things not so much to our Jesus Christ. They apply them to the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. They, so they've been able to identify the the, the the depth that they have on studying these things is remarkable, but they don't cross over into our Messiah, Jesus Christ. They may say that these are illustrations of the coming Messiah, but they're having trouble drawing the, what we would say, the obvious connection between these things and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Right, yeah. You know, so, one of the th- um, go ahead, Art. Right, I didn't ahead. need to interrupt. Well, is, I, I'm uh, looking through Scripture here, and I'm looking in the book of the Revelation, uh, where in Revelation chapter one we have uh, 
John on the island of Patmos, and he has this vision, and there is this vision of uh, a voice speaking to him, uh, and the voice is uh, tied to these these seven lamp lampstand and tied to the seven churches exactly. and here we have it again as well so god's message from the old testament is valid in the new which is also valid in the now and here we have churches in today's vernacular that god wants every church to have its light so shining and every believer to have our light so shining so what remarkable messages in this uh the candlestick of the tabernacle of moses in that right art Amen. Yeah, that, there's so many scriptures that we could refer back to, but um, we don't have the time to do that. But um, it's fun. I know, I know, I know. So, but, it, so there you go. So where, where do you want to go from here as far as the holy so place? The next piece of furniture was the showbread and the table of the showbread, um, which uh, represents Jesus Christ being, you know, the bread of heaven. Ooh, nice. Um, he, you know, is is clear to us now to see that. Um, but that bread was renewed. It was never to be uh, uh, go bad, to go moldy. It was to be fresh every Sabbath, replenished. Um, and it portrayed that one day God would send his son to be, um, you know, our bread, that we would live by every word of God. And, uh, and of course, Jesus declared again and again and again that he was the bread of life. Yes. And that, of course, at the, at the, the establishment of the new covenant, um, he said, you know, this is my body that's broken for you. And, um, so there's just, we know there's so many symbolisms to Christ being, um, the bread from heaven. So are and you saying, Art, are you saying, that. are you saying that when we, do, this is my body broken for you, that's basically the, uh, the communion language. So you're saying every time that we take a communion, uh, God foretold this in the tabernacle of Moses at the table of showbread? Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, as, yeah, the picture just gets bigger and bigger <laughs> as time goes on, you know, and so... He's hoping, God's hoping that, hey, people are going to catch on to this, and at least by the time that Jesus is born and goes into his ministry, that people are going to understand all this stuff, or some of it anyway, hopefully. I'm sure that he's hoping that they would see this, as Jesus would point to it. In fact, he even referred back to uh, the the showbread, you know, in referencing to David and 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 that type of thing. Yes, um, yes, yes. You know, in one event in the Bible. I like and it. So, uh, you know, Jesus validated everything. I think that was in the in in of the furniture. He validated everything, uh, being that um, which was being spoken about him to come. Yes. Uh, so our, in, we've got we've got uh, one more vestige or one more piece of furniture in the holy place. Some people put this next piece of furniture actually somewhere between the holy place and the holy of holies, depending on which scriptures you read. Right. But we'll put it we'll put right. it for our purposes of explanation. We've got about a minute left in this segment talking about another piece of furniture there, which was called the altar of incense. Why don't you uh, spend a minute or so and give our listeners an overview of what they would see when they see or maybe even smell this altar of incense right. in the tabernacle of Moses, Art? Well, I believe, and I think it's clear that the altar of incense represented the prayers uh, of the priests 
uh, going up to God um, and the prayers of the people going up to God, but that God would meet them there. Uh, the incense was a sweet aroma unto God, he says. And so this, again, was another meeting place, another uh, symbol that God would meet them at the uh, in the menorah. God would meet them Ooh. at the showbread table. God would meet them at the altar of incense, <laughs> that the prayers going up and God inhabiting the prayers of the people. Mm. And and also, more importantly, is Jesus, who is the intercessor for us, uh, is right there again in the tabernacle with, I believe, the incense representing uh, Jesus's prayers going up for us to God the Father. Um, you know, it's just, it's all there. It's all there. It's all there. Again, My listening friend, can you understand why I'm loving this guy, Art Lyons. <clears throat> he has such a love for the tabernacle of Moses and other things throughout Scripture as well. As a pastor for decades, he has embraced the Lord and served him for many, many years. But the insights that he has about the tabernacle of Moses are remarkable, and I hope they're inspirations for you. And we have one more <clears throat> area, and by the way, one more segment, segment remaining in this Come Together show. So, Art, uh, before as we prepare for the next segment, we're about ready to allow God to part the curtains into the most holy of all places called the Holy of Holies. Are you ready to share a word picture with our listening friend about this most intimate place, which was first on God's list, but allows us to come into intimacy with him in the now and into the future? Are you willing to uh, spend the last segment telling about this most wonderful place of all places. It's not the holy place. In fact, it's more holy. It's called the Holy of Holies. And Art, you game for you and I coming back and talking about that? Amen. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. My friend Art Lyons and I will be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And I'm back with a newfound friend, Art Lyons, a man who has ministered in San Diego County, the southern part, Chula Vista area, for about 35 years in a number of different churches there, but also uh, served with uh, as chaplain for the San Diego Sheriff's Department for 20 years or so, so he's got some real background there. But he also has a remarkable background as being knowledgeable and anointed on the topic of the tabernacle of Moses. We spent some time making the progress from the uh, exterior to the outer court to the holy place. And now, ta-dum, it's time to get to God's preferred place, the place he's longed for us to come from the very beginning of time, and that is the most intimate of intimate places called the holy of Holy, I'm going to just read a quick scripture, then I'm going to hand it over to Art to bring this thing home for the remainder of this final segment. You know, Art, the, the scripture really speaks about this, either it speaks specifically of, of this Holy of Holies, or it implies it throughout scripture, New Testament and Old Testament as well. But probably one of the best places is Psalm 24. Let me just quickly read this, and I'm going to hand the baton to you. May I do that? Oh, sure. Okay, well, the scripture says in Psalm 24, listen closely, my friend, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? The holy place he's talking about here is not necessarily the um, the holy place itself, but the holiest of all places. Who shall be able to stand there? And it gives some descriptions of the kind of person who can attend there. It says, the scripture says that those who have clean hands, they have a pure heart, 
They have no vanity or have sworn deceitfully. And this sounds kind of disinviting sometimes, but the whole point is the more closer you get to God, the more you want to drop off that baggage and have an intimate relationship with him. Amen. So that's where, where Art and I are going to lead this last segment as we are standing in the most remarkable place called the Holy of Holies. And now, my friend Art Lyons, lay it on us, Art. All right. Well, one of the things interesting about the ark itself is that it was approximately the shape of an ancient king's footstool. And so the ark could represent um, part of God's, the part of God's throne room in, in heaven. Um, of course, yeah. I didn't say that quite right. But anyway, um, that his footstool is on earth and heaven is, is, is his um, throne. Heaven is his throne and the throne. earth is his footstool? Exactly. Wow. That's kind of the scripture wow. I was trying to think of. Anyway, so the ark looked like, I guess at the time, the shape of an ancient king's footstool. So that's interesting. And, um, and then in the ark were three things. Uh, the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments, the jar of manna and the rod that budded. And this may be a stretch, but it's interesting to associate the Trinity with those three things. The Decalog being God the Father, the Jar of Manna, the Son, and the Red Rod that budded, um, the Holy Spirit. I don't think that's and, a stretch at all. I think you were anointed <laughs> and God gave you that revelation. That's powerful, powerful art. So in Revelation eleven nineteen, we see that the now in the closing of the of the New Testament, we see that uh, John sees uh, the ark in heaven, and, and Revelation 11:19 says the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of His covenant was seen in His temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. So um, hail, H A L E, not H E L L. Exactly, no <laughs> hell, no <laughs> hell there. <laughs> Amen. So then, the, the, and then of course, then there was the mercy seat. And it's interesting because when we think of a seat, uh, we think more of a chair or something that you would sit upon. Um, and it is, in a sense, that God's mercy, God is seated upon his mercy, if you will, the mercy for us. Um, the ark was uh, filled with the Ten Commandments, which represent the law. And the mercy seat is exactly that. The mercy seat always triumphs. Um, the law. And so James wrote about that in a scripture probably familiar to many people um, where um, he speaks that I desire, uh, where is that scripture? Um, Mercy triumphs over judgment uh, comes out of James. I don't have the exact reference. Um, But the whole concept was that God's mercy, that God always wanted his mercy to triumph over, over the law and and even over judgment, I mean, whenever the judgment came to Israel, uh, or even to us in America, we're dealing with all this stuff. If we would repent, if I mean, many people believe that the judgment of God is upon this earth right now, and there, I'm, I believe that to an extent. But if we would just repent, God's mercy will cover that the sin, the evil that mankind has done. And as we study the life of the children of Israel, no matter how bad they were, if they repented, God would show up in some merciful way every time. 
Uh, he might prolong the judgment. He may um, uh, just turn everything totally upside down. But if they would repent from their sins, um, God's mercy was there. And the picture of that that we see in a short book is the picture of Jonah, where Jonah wanted judgment to come upon the people of Nineveh. But God's mercy was there within three days as they repented. God showed his mercy upon Nineveh. And so the um, mercy seat uh, being on top of the Ark of the Covenant was definitely a picture that God was painting and has revealed to us, you know, as we see uh, prophecy fulfilled in yes. Scripture and historical things take place. You know, Art, um, one of the things that I, I, when we do radio, unfortunately, I have a finite beginning point and a finite ending point. So we've got about two minutes before the end of the show. Why don't you summarize uh, the value of that intimacy with God, which is illustrated through the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant. Take about a minute or so, and then we will close the show. Art Lyons. Amen. Well, again, God, I believe, gave us or gave Moses the revelation of what was in, what needs to take place in heaven as well as on earth, what will take place in heaven as well as on earth. Um, interesting story is that, you know, why does God have the ark? Why does he have that in heaven? Uh, why is Moses given the pattern uh, of these things that are in heaven? Uh, Jesus Christ, when after he rose from the dead, you remember the story where uh, Mary came to him and he said, don't hold on to me. He mm. said, I'm not ascended up into heaven. He had ascended down into hell, I believe, already, but he yes. had not ascended up into heaven. And I believe that there had to be the testimony, the, the witness of Christ actually going into this tabernacle in heaven, uh, into the Holy of Holies, My. and just taking control of this whole thing and fulfilling the picture and you know, standing there as a fulfillment of every piece of furniture. Somehow I think that had to take place, and I believe Jesus did that. Oh, my. And um, and then he, after he showed that he was the fulfillment of everything in heaven as well as on earth, um, you know, he ascended to the right hand of God and sat on the throne next to him. Yes. And yes. so... Um, you know, it's, it's just a bunch of word pre- pictures, pictures that God wanted us to have that are remarkable. Yes. And um, we can think and muse on it for, <laughs> for a very long time. <laughs> well, eternity probably, Art Lyons. You know, my friends, uh, we're at the close of the show now. Art Lyons, thank you for spending some time and opening our eyes on some of the deep truths of the Tabernacle of Moses. My listening friend, the whole topic of the Tabernacle of Moses is remarkable, but as Art began his instruction, he said God began with the construction of the uh, Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant and worked outward. Here we are walking into that intimacy. And my listening friend, the desire of the Lord is to have us walk, come boldly, the scripture talks about, to the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. And that's where he is having us go even now. Art Lyons, thanks for spending some time with us on Come Together San Diego. Remarkable insights. And uh, God bless you, man. Amen. Thanks, Cass. It's a, it's a pleasure. My listening friend, we'll be back with more good stuff next week on Come Together San Diego. God bless you. 
Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.